Education is about inspiring one's mind. Black History Month Community and Cultural Awareness brought to you by the Madison Black Chamber of Commerce. Black History Month! Black History Month! Celebrate Black History Month. It means a lot to know where we came from. Barbara Jordan, a groundbreaking politician, activist, and educator. Barbara was the first African-American elected to Congress from the Deep South. Born in 1936 in Texas, her father was a preacher. Both of her parents were active leaders in the church. Barbara's parents valued education and encouraged her to work hard in school. It paid off. She was on the high school debate team, distinguished herself as a talented speaker who could cleverly argue her positions, and she graduated with honors as a valedictorian of her class. Barbara majored in political science and history at Texas Southern University. After graduating, she enrolled at Boston University School of Law. She was one of the only black students in the program. Barbara returned to Texas to begin her law career, but soon she set her sights on entering into politics. In 1966, she ran for Texas State Senate and won. She became the first black state senator. Barbara was also the first black woman ever elected to the Texas State Senate. As a senator, Barbara focused on improving the lives of people struggling in her community. Six years later, Barbara was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as the first woman to represent Texas in Congress. During Barbara's time as a congresswoman, the country was deeply divided over President Richard Nixon's impeachment trial. In 1974, she made a speech to the Judiciary Committee. In her speech, which was shown on national television throughout the country, she masterfully laid out the President Nixon's abuses of power. Barbara was praised as a distinguished speaker, and people around the world started to pay attention. She used her time in Congress to support bills that opposed discrimination and inequality. Today, Barbara is recognized as a trailblazer who broke down barriers for African Americans in politics. Today, we reflect and respect Barbara Jordan. Black History Month is not only a great time to bring awareness to black history and culture, in partnership with the Madison Black Chamber of Commerce, we can also bring awareness to black-owned businesses in the Madison community. Madtown's 93.1 Jams. Black History Month Community and Cultural Awareness. We turn it Matt Towns 93.1 Jams. DJ Fusion out in the community today doing some spotlight on a local business, Kaleem Care, One City Schools. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here with you. I appreciate your time today. This has been a long time in the making, and you're doing so many amazing things in our community right now. Thank you, brother. You know, I feel blessed. We've got a lot of people helping us, too. Well, it's one, one City Schools is, is about education, it's about empowerment, and it's about community. Before we talk about the really amazing things that you've developed, let's, let's get a little background to what One City Schools is for those that, that aren't aware and, and how people can tap into it. Yeah, One City, our mission is to see the new model of public education that will help move our children from birth all the way through college and career preparation. But we also want to make sure we're attacking two things. So our agenda is twofold. Mm-hmm. One is to eliminate this gap that we talk about in achievement, but second, it's to really redefine the educational experience for children in America from K through 12, including even preschool. And so we really see our schools as revolutionary seeds of opportunity to help redefine the way we think about education and the way we actually do it in America. A lot of schools today are, you know, they're they're either outdated or they don't have the resources to really move our children to that vibrant future that our children really want to be a part of 
even be ready for. And so we're trying to show people how you can get that done. I would agree with that like a lot of education in the schools is kind of outdated at this point. Like we, we need to be teaching kids about finances and, and money and how to use your money to work for you. Mm-hmm. And, and like kids are, are not learning about that. And, and even history and other things too. Like we need to come more current. But I think something that's really key about, about what you're doing is the experience. Mm-hmm. Without experience, how how thorough is the education? Yeah, man. You know, um, first I say we we have to teach our children how to live, thrive, survive, and and contribute in the mm-hmm. future. And in order to do that, it's one thing to to you know do what we all did was have a teacher on the chalkboard or the dry erase board who was giving us some content, and then we're responding back to it. So they'll teach us here's how you add one two three, here's why you you know put letters together A B C, right. and then. And teacher test you and do you know it and then we go on to the next thing it's like our kids today that's not how you construct the world that's there's some fundamentals there for education and learning children have to learn how to read they have to learn how to count they have to learn how to add multiply divide subtract but you know how does all of that translate to them addressing the issues of global warming them addressing the issues of gentrification them addressing the issue of food and housing insecurity them addressing the need for us to reinvent the way government works and works for and by the people right um, now it doesn't really work for by the people anymore. So we're at this period where we've got these challenges, but we could turn them into opportunities to recreate a better future. I call it America 5.0, you know, but are we preparing our children to get to what the tools and experiences to do that? Are we giving them access to information that's like real time and having real time discussions about what's going on in the world? Are we utilizing the technology and the tools that we have at our disposal to help them learn those things and access that information? Are we helping them like, your radio or we helping them figure out how you get your message out right. and have them experience those things early you know they have they can start their own radio show they can have their own TV show they can develop their own app you know they can do things like that that should all be a part of their educational experience because they are the ones who are going to create and build in the future and we just have to make sure they're ready the children are our future that's right and I mean everything is this this digital age now like when, yeah. I, when I was a kid when you were a kid times were extremely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was no iPads, there, were, there wasn't tablets, there wasn't TikTok. Uh, the amount of accessible information right now to anybody, a child, and given like Google is, is in every kid's hands. That's right. They don't even know how to use that mm-hmm. to their advantage. Like changing how we educate, how we give the experience, mm-hmm. and how we build our future leaders is really going to shape our community. That's right. And you know, teachers are burned out too, man. Mm-hmm. I go by most schools. I've been a lot of schools in this country and even schools overseas in this country teachers look bored to death man not everywhere but most places and they don't seem to feel really look really inspired I ask my son and his peers often you know when I meet them or talk to them and just say hey you know how you guys doing how do you feel your teachers are doing do you feel they're inspired when they're teaching you and to a person very few they, they wow. feel very few of their teachers just going through the motions because it's become boring and mundane for them too they know what they've been trained to do to prepare these children or what these children are going through yeah. that the type of education they're providing them is not lining them up for future success and so a lot of teachers are stressed and more and more don't want to be a part of that. I think when they, when, when an educator goes to school they're, they're very passionate about what about, the, about their subject right mm-hmm. if, it's, if they're a history teacher they're going to learn about history when they get to the work <laughs> world when they actually when they graduate when they get out here and, and then they're actually an educator now the resources that are available to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what they have to do with with those and how far they have
have to stretch them and how many I mean, I mean one teacher can only take care of so many children and that's we're, right we're piling on more and more into the workload and then not giving more resources either so that's right that in itself can turn around that that passion for an educator and turn it into a almost a resentment like mm-hmm. I don't want to do this I can go somewhere else and be better but not be educating that's right that's right and, and then you, cou- you couple the pandemic on top of that and, and yeah. now our kids are, are hurting in a really bad way yeah National Public Radio report a week or two ago on a study or just a review done by the National Bureau for Labor Statistics. And they looked at it and said, since the pandemic started, we've had a net loss of 576,000 teachers in America. That's terrible. That's, un- that's that, unimaginable. Like, that's like that's like the Vietnam War. It's like, like, the Vietnam the, War, it's like yeah. World War II, actually. Yeah. It's like we've lost that many teachers, man. And we can't get them back overnight. No, like We're no. not going to get them back in a, in a decade either. That's right. So it's like when you see something like that, you would think that people would, the alarm bells would ring and we'd be talking about it on every TV and radio show. No. They're talking about, you know, still the stimulus bill that's been killed. They're still talking, you know, by the by Biden. They're, they're, they're talking, talking about, about his approval ratings. They're talking about now, yeah, Russia and invasion and potential invasion of Ukraine. Those are all important things. But people, your own country is being undermined from the bottom up because we are not preparing these children. And now we don't even have the people to do it. And we're feeling it in education right now. You know, when we were talking offline, you mentioned how, you know, schools are asking parents and community members all over to come, hey, come be, be a, a part of this. Well, it was 10 years ago that you're, you're you know, you had to have teach you had to meet teacher requirements. Right. You know, there were certain basic things you had to know in order to teach in a school. Now we've thrown all of that to the wind and said anybody. We, we just need a this. body. That's right. And what's that doing for the children? That's right. I, I mean, I love my kids. I love the community. I love, I love all of them. But you're not I'm, a teacher. I'm not a teacher. You know, like, I can only. <laughs> do so much like that's right I, I, you know like i'll come in with best with great intentions but mm-hmm. what what can i do like i i didn't go to school for any of that mm-hmm. you know like and and i know a fair amount but i'm not an expert on any k-12 that's right subjects you know that's right that's right <laughs> that's right and, and it's not doing these kids any justice so that's right with one city schools you you're making a change in education that changes it offers more experience mm-hmm. and it's also offering education to people that may not have had the same experience. That's right. That's right. So where where are you located at right now? Where are the schools located in Madison? So we have two campuses. We have a preschool campus, and it's um, right off of Park Street, where the Urban League building is on South Park Street. Um, we're right next door to the Boys and Girls Club, okay. their original Tap Street location. Uh, we have a similar building structure, similar brick was built in our building, too. That's where our preschool is. So we serve two-year-olds to four-year-olds there, and that's where our public 4K program is. And then okay. we recently moved in to um, our permanent home, which will be, we're calling it our leadership campus, that Fisher Street campus is called our Unity Campus, but at our leadership campus at Pleasant Rowland invested heavily in, we're going to have kindergarten through 12th grade there. Right now we serve 186 students there from kindergarten through 4th grade, and then um, next year we'll add grades 5, which will complete the growth of the elementary school, Um, and then we'll also add grades 6, 9, and 10 of the secondary school, because we're about to announce the opening of our secondary 
Secondary School, which we're enrolling for quietly right now. Right. But we're going to announce formally the uh, you know uh, that we've been approved to open that, and that's going to happen this fall. And that is the new location. That's the new location where WPS we purchased right. one of okay. their buildings that's, that's on what the WPS campus. So the, and, and you you cannot miss that if you drove on the Beltline. Uh, it, it's literally right there. That's right. Right off of Monona Drive. That's right. Uh, it, it's a huge campus. I mean, that's parking right. structure, two three that's right. buildings, courtyard. Like there's yeah. no school like that right no, now. No, let me that's tell you, when you drive up to it, once the renovation's done, most of it will be done by August. We'll still have some room to do on the third floor, and then we're going to build a 165,000 square foot athletic center on the same footprint um, where the parking deck is. We're going to tear that down. Both of these buildings will be open to the community for use beyond school days. But imagine you're bringing your kid to school the first day, and you start seeing these yellow and blue flags, and then you drive up in the corner, and you turn the corner, and then straight ahead of you is this beautiful one city sign. And on those flags, you see our messages and our values as you're arriving down, yeah. and even some you know photos and pictures of our kids. Mm-hmm. And then as you come down the road, and then you get ready to turn the corner, there's these beautiful way signs that tell you which way to go. But then when you drive up and you walk up to the building, before you even get close, you start hearing the music because we're going to have live concerts, level speakers inside and outside the building. Music is going to be a huge part of what we do. It's really steeped in that African culture, African-American yeah. culture, uh, where you bring everyone together. Mm-hmm. And music is a way to do that. And so your kid comes to school, they're going to see people out there welcoming to school. You know, we'll have people dance and doing all kinds of things. That's what we did this year, and it was awesome. They come in the building. The beauty of the, of the design of the building is going to blow people away. Um, and it's going to scream, this is a place where your child can thrive. But to your right, you'll see a coffee shop. And eventually that coffee shop will be student-run as we grow our enrollment. That's and amazing. then you can grab your coffee. Um, you can greet the people at the front. Our parent center's right there in front of you. Yeah. And then you work around the corner to go into the school. And first thing you see is a DJ booth. And <laughs> that's where the music's being spun from. And on the wall, there's a digital wall that has information about different teachers and staff in our school. You can play with it. Where you can and you touch can and find out more about them, what they like. You can ask like, the music that they like. And we can play the music for you in the DJ booth, the food that they like. And then straight ahead from that, there's a credit union. And oh, wow. there's a um, school store. And then, you know, we take you on a little tour. You go downstairs. First thing you see to your left when you go down the steps is a barbershop and hair salon. In the school. In the school. And then to the right is the music center and straight ahead of you is the technology center. And so next to that is a laundry room next to the uh, salon because our, jo- our job is to make sure our kids are ready for prime time. They're suited and booted every day. Every day. Ready Doesn't to go. Doesn't matter if you come from money or no money. You're going to be ready to go at One City Schools. And so then when you get into the educational part of it, the seating, the, the open doors to those classrooms, um, how they fold open and make these great spaces and how you see technology, you know, uh, smart screens everywhere. And then on the first day of school, you know, all over the building, we got a student center upstairs for our older kids. They sit down in their chairs and they're greeted by to come into our school. Like, I'm serious about getting Jay-Z to welcome our kids to school on the first day. On the day. first day. And everywhere in the building, that's what you see. That personal connection is something that, see what I'm that education lacks. That's right. Lacks right now. And some that's of right. our best people in in the Madison systems between MSCR and some of the different programs they're the people that are the after school programs that offer that personal touch that how you doing today that's right you look sharp today you know do you need a little help with that like the, you know like the educators don't have the time or resources to be that person mm-hmm. and be the educator that's right that's right because we're leading them too dry that's we're right running them too thin and our educators you know our school right now we have these temporary classrooms set up in 
our building because we're um, while the renovations taking place, when they get into their real building and their real, real classrooms and they realize this is your laboratory. So we want our teachers to feel like professors. Like this is this is where you can make your craft come to life. And also, if you want to do projects outside of the school day, so long as you get them funded, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, go for you it. You can go for it. But we want our teachers to really be valued for the, the skills, the talents, and the expertise they bring to the table. We'll do robotics. We're going to have film and video editing. You know, we're going to have um, but that's real know, music education. editing, all of that, man. We'll have robot, you know, we'll have um, where kids who may want to do intelligent design, they can get involved in things like that at our school. We'll have an indoor playground for the younger kids in there next to the tech lab that's almost 6,000 square feet. Wow. So it's going to be off the chain. Man. That's, that's, I mean, you've got you've got opportunities there that are, are uh, vocational and technical college mm-hmm. type opportunities. And so not only can the education be more real world focused, but it's building for a realistic future. But then you, you also are going to have you know, the coffee shop, the barber shop where... Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's going to be students in there. That's right. It's that's not right. going to just be. It's not just going to be people making it. Like the students are going to be doing it. And that's, that's right. Beautiful. That's right. And I mean, that's people wait till they're in their 20s at this point to get those types of experiences. Yeah. You make that 10 years earlier. Let me tell you. Here's the other big thing that people are going to trip out about. When you roll in ninth grade and 10th grade at one city, you're going to automatically be enrolling in college too. Automatically, like it's oh, yeah. just. Yeah, you're going to be taking college classes. We're going to have teachers. Most of our teachers will have master's degrees. We You'll get them certified through Madison College, UW Oshkosh. It's going to be a partner with us in this. And then UW Madison, we're working with them in a partnership for students that want to become teachers. We'll have a five-year bachelor's degree in um, education program where if they start in that in ninth grade by age 19, they can complete their bachelor's degree paying wow. for by one city schools and start teaching. That's why you're calling it Education 5.0. That's like, right. It's it's on a, it's a whole other level. Like this, this is education rethunk. That's right. And not to take away from what's out there, but we can do better. Mm-hmm. And That's right. City schools is providing a blueprint and a roadmap. That's what to it make is, our brother. Children's future. That's what it future. is. And we want everybody to learn from what we're doing because we've learned from others and doing what we're doing. But we want people to learn from it, man, and replicate it everywhere. So this isn't a model that's being designed so that we can, you know, just hold on to it and just grow it ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, come here. I tell you everything mm-hmm. except what our people make. That's their business. Yeah, that's that. But outside of that, you want to learn. You want to take it further you want to try to you know do it even better than us let's go for it but that's how we have to make it that's how we have to get it done yeah we have we have to share knowledge because if we don't it it gets lost it gets lost if if i have it or you have it Mm -hmm. we take it to the grave that's right children don't benefit from it they don't learn it they don't share it and it doesn't doesn't make anything better make anything better yeah and that's my drive you know i was like i want to see more things improve and i know that it can there's been things that i've done in my life multiple things that have had a huge impact on millions of kids actually um so i know it's possible and i know other people who've had that kind of scaled impact so it's like let's redefine the way we educate our kids and the system in which we educate it needs to be rethunk too so we're trying to make sure that we're doing our part to make that happen and one city schools is doing that every day for any for anyone in madtown that's listening and and they're maybe wanting to try a Mm -hmm. different educational resource maybe you know current situation is not working out what's the best way 
for a family to tap in with One City Schools? First, go to our website. It's www.onecityschools.org. It's plural. Um, so you spell out one. Um, they can also call us at 608-531-2128 for the elementary school. at 608-531-2128. And for our preschool, it's 608-268-8004. You got them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this fall, you're opening up now into to more educational experience and, and oh, that's beautiful man I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see the campus roll out like and this is like this, this is culturally appropriate and experience mm-hmm. that, that just Madison schools can't offer it can they just don't know they can they can but they can but they just don't know they can they have to reinvent themselves and that's what we're trying to show them is that they got more money they have more money than we do a lot of people who think oh well charter schools are taking money from public schools no not necessarily you're, we oh, have, you're raising it we have to raise half of our budget man um, almost half and we're trying to get the state we're trying to put ourselves in a position to get the state to put, give us enough resources where we don't have to do that right because we think that they should invest in us like this is really important and we need to do it and make sure that it's successful but the Madison schools get to count our students so our students at one city can live anywhere in the state of Wisconsin and come hmm. to one city for free really for our K through to our 4k through 12 our wow. two and three year old programs that pay for preschool program like everything else but we have to raise the, all the rest of that money. So we get $9,201 per kid this year. Wow. MMSD, the Madison School District, is going to spend about eighteen grand. They get to levy property taxes against the local community, which we can't do, to cover the balance of what they don't get from what the state. What they don't get back. And then also they get more federal funds per student than we do. And then they also, with the ESSER funds, hmm. the funds to help recover from the pandemic, they're going to get $42 million. We're going to get about 100000 and so, you know, even when you start adding up the number of kids, they're going to get a lot more than us per student through that. So they're going to spend a lot. And my thing is, they should get that. They should spend it and help reinvent what they're doing. However, we have to get the rest of that money. We don't. They get to count our students who live in their districts, all these public schools, and keep that money. Wow. That they levy against property taxes, and we don't think that's fair. But yeah, that's the fact that I have to raise the other half. When you're raising eight, nine thousand dollars per kid a year. That's a lot of money. 274 kids in your schools. It's a lot of money. That's that's a big number. Yeah. But I, I respect and salute you for doing that. Thank and, you. And being the community forward person that you are, because you know, just just even in in you know, like our discussion before we we got to this, you know, like the opportunities in your life, you could be mm-hmm. somewhere else doing other things, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They weren't for you. They weren't fulfilling. They weren't about community. And ultimately, they were going to take you away from your family. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's a trade-off you can't make. You know, just um, I've had enormous opportunities to make a lot of money, you know, and fly around the world on private jets and do all kinds of things. And it just wasn't calling me, man. It's this work in the community that's benefited me so greatly throughout my life. That's what I'm called to do. So I'm enjoying it. And in Madison, Wisconsin is, is home and, you know, we're we're a unique community like anywhere else. But we also, you know, we have children and these children need good leadership. They need good education mm-hmm. and they need people to show them that, like, hey, you, you could do this, too. Like this is, you know, it's not your goal's not unrealistic. You can attain this. That's right. And this is for every kids everywhere. Like I've told people, even though the world is really hyper policing, this country is now very hyper focused on race, regardless if you're opposed or against racial equity or 
or inequities or those issues. I think it's great that we're talking about those things, but one city exists to make these schools better for our kids everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So I want to see kids in these small rural towns who, you know, the paper mills and the, the small factories yeah, yeah. have dried up or automated or moved mm-hmm. out. You know, we got to educate those children. How do you create what's next? You don't have to leave your community. You don't have to feel bad about growing up in a small rural town. You don't have to live with, you know, generations of depression. Let's train them, too, so that they can also be a part of this global ecosystem that they're a part of is not benefiting them. And so that's what we want for one city. So it's like everywhere, our, everywhere we can touch, we want to be there. And you're, you're doing that, too. Like, you know, low-key, you, you were helping a school in Africa. That's right. You know, with with funds that, you know, in America, you know, would have been minuscule, but over there were, were moving Monumental, that's right. I mean, that's... And, and the amount of kids that, that that's going to help, like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You know, like, and that's going to change their lives. It's setting up futures that weren't there. That's right. That's right. So I also, I saw a video that you posted a couple years ago. Uh, you're standing on a dock over one mm-hmm. of the lakes here in Madison. And you were talking about people leaving Madison, moving away mm-hmm. versus staying here. You know, uh, a, a lot of the black community, African-American community is, has said Madison, Wisconsin is the worst place for black people to live. I, as a DJ, as, as an entertainer, I've traveled the United States. I've lived in a few different communities. The problems that we face in Madison, people face everywhere. Mm-hmm. In this video, you were, you were talking about how important it is to break that conversation and, and keep people here instead of saying, "Hey, let's go somewhere else and start over." No, let's rebuild here. Let's let's make you know this beautiful place even more beautiful and change the things that are that are wrong. Yeah, I've lived all over, man. Lived in both coast and Midwest. You know, because where I'm and where I've traveled, I've traveled to 44 states in the U.S. 46 actually states. I've seen poverty everywhere. It's always where I end up. Mm-hmm. I want to see where the people that are in need. When you talk to people, man, they say the same thing about their community where they're from because it's the it's the t- negative experience that they're having so i look at that when we say wisconsin is the worst place to live for black people in the united states it's sad there's a history attached to that there's certainly a lot of racial inequality and injustice that mm-hmm. have been done to us here but also man it's like we, we had a lot of momentum in milwaukee and places like that that was the best place for black people to live in the united states according to ebony magazine early 1970s we helped create that environment for ourselves i believe we can help create that environment again in Madison that's right wherever we are and um, but everybody has to play a role in that and so and when you educate your children that they have to leave their home leave their nest leave their community that is the thing that is the most familiar to them you want to psych a kid out you know tell them that your destination your future isn't here it's somewhere that you've never seen before and then you don't give them any experiences or any None. exposure to even get a taste of what that place might look like so now the distance between them and where they are and where you're telling them some other mystical place they got to go or some place they've seen in a magazine or on YouTube, they don't even know how to get there. You're talking about a kid who's going to be depressed, stressed out, anxious, and literally they hit a wall and they don't know how to move. We, we, we basically, um, in a way, we, we we make them comatose, man. We kind of set them up for That's failure. Right. I mean, That's cause, right. Cause they just walk around like zombies and it's like, well, what do I do next? But that was literally the same walls that led them to thinking that this is the worst place to be. Correct. 
correct. You know, like let's let's you know. And it's not the worst place for black people in the United States. It's not. Now we go to prison here faster than anywhere else because of the economic inequality that exists here, because of targeting by police Mm -hmm. and the history of that in our state. But also when you look at poverty in Dane County in particular, man, I thought I grew up in the hood when I said I told you I grew up on the south side until I went to South San Diego. I went to New Haven, Connecticut. I went to New York and saw the Bronx and places like that. And, you know, that you see the tenements that used to exist in Caprini Green and Robert Taylor home to Chicago. That's the hood. That's the hood. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we live in a palace compared to that. This um, this notion that this is the worst place in some ways it can be, but in other ways it's not. And so I'm like, you know what, though, let's educate our kids that they can transform. We got to change the narrative. That's right. They can transform it. You've got to help develop that self-efficacy in children. It's something that's the best thing you can give a child for their lifetime is a lot of love, care, and build that sense of resilience and self-efficacy that they have the ability to change their conditions and the conditions in their community and for those around them. If you arm them with that, man, they're going to go off and have a great life. And if you give them the experiences and the empowerment and mm-hmm. the education, which turns into self-advocacy, they become bright young people that are our future leaders. That's right. That's right. And they're like they're 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 leading in their own way right now. You know, among their peers, whatever. It's like we can transform, translate that going forward, mm-hmm. and grow that into leadership for a broader group of people and includes our whole community. So you know, I am. I'm trying to get people to to change the way they look at that, and then also when you look at you know this whole black white latino this dichotomy that exists like yeah. there's in in our, in our city right now a struggle with how everybody's got to have their thing every group has to have their thing like we've got to have their thing like we've got to have their thing some of that yes we need cultural things like that like um dr alex g is focusing on the center for black excellence yeah. we need things like that mm-hmm. but it has to be also for the whole community to learn about us learn with us things like that but there are other things that we're doing here it's like you don't need another one city schools for latino kids uh, send them all here. Send them all here. Send them all here. I no. take them all. Was one city schools is <laughs> about community. You That's know, right. like obviously culturally viable and culturally right. appropriate experiences, but there, there's there's children of every color at one city That's schools, right. and it's about education, That's and right. it's about future, and it's about experiences. That's right. And we have disadvantaged white kids, man, who are mm-hmm. at our school. We have some more well off too. We have disadvantaged white kids at our school whose parents can't afford preschool. Their parents can't afford, you know, the ancillaries that we provide them at one city. There's kids are taking martial arts they're going ice skating we've got a bike crew in the morning every kid gets a free bike all these things they're not getting you know we need to reach those children too and you know what i look at as the black man who founded one city and a ceo and you come to our school we have the most diverse staff in dane county hands down and so from leadership all the way down and when a child's at our school those little white kids walking around our school they will never see themselves in a sense of like superiority superiority right it, because it's, because it's about the equality the orientation is totally different they come to school we hug them too you know what yeah. I'm saying they hug us back they want to show us what they did at home and um, it's a natural thing that I didn't experience I only had white teachers my whole life growing up in mm-hmm. Madison saw one black principal I know there was Mike McPike over at East but we had Lee Calloway up West. It's like every school had one person. Uh, I I grew up in a community that uh, until I was uh, was probably 10 years old before there was a black family Mm. in the community. Yeah. 
No yeah. teachers. No teachers. None. That's right. And so yeah. these children are getting a wholly different experience. And it's going to be healthy for us, for them, for the future. And I just know my, my, my white kids aren't going to be, everybody throws around the word white supremacist or whatever. That's not, not going to be a kids. topic. Not one city kids. There will be they no black supremacists. There will be no white supremacists. They love each other. They've grown up together. They're going to hire each other. They're going to look to each other to build business and opportunities within the future and get other people in the community involved. And we can do this over and over and over again right here. And and I could see it in, in your passion and your oh, drive. Man. You're going to keep going. That's you right. know, like you, you could be somewhere else doing something else, but this is what you love. That's and right. When you when you love what you do, it's not work. So God and my ancestors call me home, brother. This is my job, and I don't complain about it. I just keep doing it. You know, that's the other thing with people who start things. They're like, oh, things didn't work out, and they get down on themselves. Man, you learn from the journey. You learn from the challenges that you go through. Even if you're halfway gone and you come back, you know, you learn from that. It makes you stronger. It's just how you look at it. And then, you know, you can tell that story to other people. You can um, learn the experiences you've got through and help other people move through those kinds of experiences too. So I feel feel the most empowered I've ever felt in my life right now, man. And um, I've been strengthened by a community of people. I tell, I would tell people, you know, I'm the gift of 10,000 hands, bro. People are like, oh, Kaleem, Kaleem, Kaleem. I know I'm the gift of 10,000 hands. I've had that plus more pushing me forward. And we're, we're going to keep you pushing forward even more if we can get the community behind One City Schools. No, I appreciate it, brother. Um, are, are you going to have a need for more educators with the new facility opening? Yeah, are you yeah, going to need more teachers? Right now. We're hiring for every position right now. Somebody said, why does One City have so many positions on, on things? Is something going wrong? I'm like, no, no we're expanding. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we're going I from seven employees to over a hundred next year. Well, and, and that WPS facility, the, the new, the, the, you said Fisher Street, mm-hmm. like that that campus. Uh, it's not a facility; that's a campus. That's a campus. That's right. Like that's that's amazing. Like and the opportunities that that's going to come with, like the amount of kids, the amount of educators, mm-hmm. the amount of experiences that's right. that are going to fall there that will be unique to not only Madison but One City Schools. That's right. Like we we need to get more educators behind this. That's right. Kaleem, I, I really appreciate your time today man this has been amazing brother anytime man i appreciate you too and let us know how we can help you hey this well this this is helping helping me is helping you my friend getting it out of it's about community when it comes to, to what you. we're doing here our, our children are our future and uh, one more time uh, how do we tap in with one city schools um one city schools.org so www.onecityschools.org that's one city schools plural you can call our elementary school at 608-531-2128 or our preschool at 608 Six eight eight zero zero four. Much love, Kaleem. I thank you so much for your time today, man. All right, thank brother. you. Thank you.